FMX Network Production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X-Pod Show, and we're about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, let me thank our sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. Also, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. You can also visit Motosport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And don't forget to go to PulpMXShow.com for sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the PulpMX Wrap-Up Show or contribute a question or topic for Hello Pookie, send it to DarkSide at PulpMX.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, coming into this week's episode of the wrap-up show uh, with a little tribute to Kenny Watson, a little strung out. We're going to talk about Kenny here in just a minute, but first I want to introduce our guests. Brought to you by Guts Racing tonight from Race Tech, Mr. Ch- well, we're just going to call you Checkers because that's what we know you by now. What's up, Checkers? I'm just hanging out. Yeah, you said you're uh, you're at, you're at a football game or at the football practice for your son. That's uh, that's always fun times, man. How old's your son? Uh, he is 11, and yeah, a little bit of dad life, and uh, watching football practice from the car because we're not allowed to go inside the fence anyway, so Yeah, we'll do a little multitasking. There you go. Well, our next guest uh, knows all about dad life. Uh, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from Michelin, Mr. Randy Richardson. What's up, Randy? Oh, man, I'm just I'm, I'm envious of checkers. Uh, I remember attending so many school functions uh, when I wasn't in town, when I wasn't traveling for Michelin, right? Right. Attending so many school school functions and sporting events with my son. And uh, so now he's a, a rising sophomore at Clemson University. So all I really get is the 
occasional text saying, Dad, I need some more money. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my son's 22, and he just sent me a picture about two hours ago of an engagement ring he bought for his girlfriend. So big, big life steps in my son's life. But I've been there, man, at the football practices, and um, dad life is dad life's pretty cool, for sure. That's good. Good, good. All right, so we're here tonight to talk about episode 434. Daniel Blair in studio, Zach Osborne, uh, Kyle Chisholm, Galdi, Evan Ferry, and Kenny Watson all on the phone as guests. Uh, Checkers, I'm just going to go with you first. Obviously, a lot of talk about the the very first ever pro national Loretta Lens, but a really great guest lineup. Uh, awesome hearing Kenny Watson back again as far as I'm concerned, and uh, we're going to talk about all that. What did you think of the show, man? Just uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I felt like it was a lot more guests than Steve's been having on. I feel like he's yep. been limiting the number of guests down a little bit and filling space with just other stuff he has going on. It was it was crammed crammed with guests and and really good ones. I'm a really big Goldie fan. I, he just entertains me. Um, I really like when he's in studio. And oh, then, yeah. um, and of course, Daniel Blair just knows everyone, and Goldie knows everyone. <laughs> it seems. Yeah. Um, but and and I think Daniel does a fantastic job as a co-host. Um, He's not scared to make bold predictions, as I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. He um, is not. And he's he's really analytical and, as well, and he's plugged into the sport. He's a very big fan. So um, there's nothing really that, that can come up on the show that he doesn't have some insight on. So he does a really good job. So I really enjoyed the show. I was impressed with Evan Ferry, how good of an interview he was being so young. Yeah, we're going to talk about Evan in a minute. Um, but, yeah, very guest-heavy. You're right. I noticed that. Like, I didn't really think about it when I was first listening, but as I was going back through my notes, that I, it definitely caught me. Uh, Randy, uh, what would you think of the show, man? I mean, obviously the show is always good, but I, I thought this was really – all the guests were good. Uh, uh, there was never really a lull for me. Man, I'm, honestly, I, I apologize. I'm kind of thrown for a loop. I had made notes on, on the most recent uh, Racer X, the main event moto show. I thought that's what we were covering. Oh, well, let's talk about that. Main Event Moto. That's, that's, sure. that's my favorite podcast. Main Event Moto is my uh, favorite podcast. Time out. But anyway. Time I, out. I, I did, time out, I did, Randy. <laughs> Whoa. I, no, I did listen to Steve. No, I did listen to Steve's janky show from Monday night, so I, I, I'll try to be well-versed in, in talking about that. Um, but what about the Moto Xbox show? Checkers. Well, <laughs> it's. It is in. It, it is definitely in the top ten of my okay. uh, motorcycle. No, it's top ten. That's awesome. You, you, hey. you should be pumped. You should be pumped on a top ten. I'll take Did a you top, 10. top ten. Uh, yeah, I'll take a top uh, ten. No, no, <laughs> no. In all seriousness, uh, no. I, I agree with what uh, with what Checker said. I think it was a good lineup, and, and I think that Daniel Blair. You know, I had a chance one time to sit in and and co co host with with Daniel Blair. That guy, to your point, he's so well connected. And well versed in everything that is moto, and uh, so I think uh, he and Steve carry the show extremely well. I think the guest lineup was cool, and I fully agree with you, Checkers, that that Evan Ferry is an articulate young man. I look forward to uh, Steve having to interview him at post race uh, <laughs> interviews for sure. Yeah, he, I love it. it. It won't be long, and he's going to be like, "Well, I, Steve's will be, you know, I won't be doing this, Evan, when your kid's racing. He's going to have to change his tune." But we're going to get into Evan. Uh, <laughs> Let's start this thing off with, you know, the Loretta's talk, Checkers. Um, Steve kind of – he told uh, Zacho when Zach was on that, you know, he, he wasn't super pumped on this round ahead of time, as a lot of us, I think, weren't. We, you know, we had all had our ideas of how this track was going to work for a pro national. Um, but in the end, 
I thought it was good. Uh, Steve was impressed with it. You know, I think with the way it worked out, and uh, you know, I think the round was good. Um, what do you think about just the discussion of Loretta's? And it seems like everybody turned their opinion around on the event. I mean, it's not the favorite event. It's not Redbud by any means, but it, it definitely worked out for a good race. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there was a lot of um, foot in the mouth for Steve this week. Um, <laughs> yep. Basically, bad. that's the one thing that's bad is when you talk a lot on recordings, that people hear it and they can they have evidence to prove you wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. uh, unfortunately, Steve was wrong quite a bit. And um, for me, it was going into it. I've been to Loretta's a lot recently, where Steve hasn't, and he still hasn't kept that streak going. Um, unfortunately, the reason he couldn't go this time was not so good. And I'm sure we'll touch on that. But um, yeah, the overall vibe from everybody was that Loretta's was a success, and and the track raced just as well as it does for amateurs for pros. Um, they do a, do a really good job of maintaining the track to make it create multiple lines. Um, even though it was ruddy and flat carry and the weather didn't make it easy on them. Um, and so I think that, yeah, there was a lot of people impressed with it and maybe relieved to be back racing. And I think uh, you could hear that in uh, thankfulness in Zach's voice that he was able to go racing and, um, and, and that's somewhat normal. Yeah. Somewhat normal yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Randy, I had actually Zach on my show last week and he kind of had the same attitude. He's like, I'm going there to win. Uh, I'm just ready to get, I'm a racer. You know, he talked about that. We will get to Zach. But um, what'd you think of as an industry guy and a moto fan and a lover of the sport? Did, I mean, did you like seeing the Loretta's race? And, you know, is it something that you would care to see again? You know, maybe if it next year or if they did every other year or anything like that? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of good racing and, and, and I don't really, I don't have a preference as to which state or facility that we right. see it in. Um, I think that MX sports is, you know, they're challenged with working within, you know, ever changing guidelines, et cetera, what have you. So, so I think that the, the industry as a whole, if, if, and fans, if we're not, we should be happy to see some form of racing somewhere. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, so rather than see no racing, I'd rather see, uh, you know, three fifty-five gallon drums out in the field, and then racing around that, right? Sure. So, um, but but I think I think that the facility was super good. I think there was some some good racing in both classes. I think the weather helped make the track more challenging. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what what the weather is for this coming weekend to see how that changes the the, the parity and the classes and so on. But yeah, I thought it was super cool. Yeah, Glad I to see some racing back on TV. As far as the weather goes, I had Ben LeMay on our show last night. He's uh, he's racing the series, and he was there this last weekend, mm-hmm. obviously. And uh, there, he said, I think going into last weekend, it was something like forty percent chance of rain, and then no rain on Saturday. Forty percent Friday, no rain Saturday. I think he said this weekend it's something like fifty or sixty percent the entire weekend. So he expects it to be worse. I, um, yeah, and, and I, just, it, I use the. I use the uh, Jason Thomas weather app on my phone. Oh yeah, and I, just, I haven't looked at it today, but that's just the only one. That's the only one you can trust in the motorcycle industry. Is the Jason Thomas 100% weather app. hundred so. percent correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're it, we're gonna. I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, hopefully, they prep the track a little better, and that was a big issue this weekend. Uh, apparently, they ripped the track Thursday night as if it wasn't gonna rain and left it open, and then it f- unloaded. Thursday night yeah. and flooded the thing, and, and then they were just kind of screwed at that point. But that's we'll yeah, see what and, happens this weekend. And the, yeah, and the challenge they have there versus you know they've been at other tracks, for example, you know High Point and other ones where there is 
a good deal of elevation change where they seal the track per, uh, prior to the event. If they know rain's coming, they can, you know, quote, seal the track yep. or leave it un, unplowed where they have a lot of runoff. So the challenge they have there, and, and I went there for the Loretta Lynn's Amateur Week, you know, the national championships, uh, it, it's such a flat field that it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold moisture. So sure. even if they had not, uh, plowed it. I think they still have some standing water in places. So anyway, yeah, for sure. Good racing. So. so before we continue, checkers, you sort of touched on it a minute ago. I do want to give uh, our thoughts and prayers to Pookie uh, and Mathis for uh, you know the Pookie's father passing away. That's ne- there's really no words as Steve had said on the show and he said in his Instagram post. There's really nothing we can say or anybody can say, but our hearts go out to Pookie. Um, she you know she's hopefully dealing with it well and uh, Pookie, we love you. But uh, big news, so at the start of the show, and this got brought up throughout the show, and Jason Thomas even touched on Steve whining about it, Checkers, but uh, Steve has a James Stewart Red Bull helmet in studio and throughout the night debate on, was it the race helmet, was it a practice helmet, San Diego 2014. Very cool piece of memorabilia, no matter what. Um, But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, and that's going to be one of those things I think that stands in prominence in the... uh, Pulpamex Cave. Yeah, that's a treasured piece of merchandise. I mean, a Red Bull helmet in general, they're they're so rare. For somebody to have one is is cool, but how much more fitting that they were able to get a stew one because, I mean, Steve is a stew fan. You know, he, he tries to be very um, non-biased. Um, yes. But his love for stew has come out throughout the years because he's like, just he's an amazing person and, and Steve goes over the top about it and, um, you know, for a long time in their, their wrap-up shows that they would do, the uh, post-race uh, ones with Weege and JT, you know, it, Stu and Marty would come up in every single show for years after Stu was done racing, and he still comes up all the time. So um, I think Steve will keep that one real close to him. Um, I think he might even move Tim Ferry out of the way with the Stu helmet somewhere. That's a hot take, Randy. Um, but, yeah, that's – you know, you've been in the studio many times, Randy – do you think yeah. that helmet is now the coolest piece of memorabilia, or is there something else there that you've seen that stands out to you as the coolest thing he has? Uh, one, I would, I would, the, I would like to say that the Smoky Award that I gave him <laughs> is, is 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 a standout item. Okay, you know, but it does, but it does not compare to a James Stewart practice helmet from that he's ridden in in Florida, <laughs> in Florida only. Uh, I think the roost came from Mookie, um, and you know, not to discredit, it's still it's still a rare item. Right, not many people have a James Stewart practice helmet, so kudos to Steve for receiving that, and and uh, and I think Hammer from uh, Red Bull who made that happen. That, that guy's a uh, He's a quiet guy in the industry that makes a lot of big things happen and probably doesn't get the credit he deserves on a lot of things. So kudos to him for getting him the helmet. Sure. sure. It's probably like one of the display helmets that they had at the truck, you know, with, you know, the mannequin of Stu when he used to, they used to have the mannequins on the race bike. Yeah. And, it, and somebody yeah, just threw the, dirt, the dirt at it. The dirt. Yeah, the dirt may even be airbrushed. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check it out when I, I'll definitely check it out when I'm, when I'm in studio. Oh, yeah. Sure. Awesome. All right, so let's uh, checkers. You talked a minute ago about Daniel and uh, not being afraid to make some uh, some heavy predictions and some out there statements. And uh, Daniel Daniel said that Chase Sexton, Supercross champion, twenty twenty one. I'm gonna play a little audio clip real quick. Look, things happen at the pace that these guys ride. It's things are gonna happen. I just it, the the trend's got to change with him. Who, that's all. Who beats who this summer, Sexton or AC? Overall, at the yeah, end, in the points, who's standing there? 
Sexton. You're a Supercross champion, Sexton? I mean, it starts now, honestly. Right, right, we're, right. Built, we're building Anaheim, so, wow. yeah, it's, it starts That's now. That's a bold claim. I mean, obviously, other than the fact that facts and data and history would say I'm wrong. Other than that, have you seen anything <laughs> about the guy on the bike that says otherwise? I mean, he's fin- I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a way big homer. All right, Randy, um, heavy, big predictions. Uh, and, and he said the facts probably tell us otherwise, but give us your thoughts on Daniel and Chase Sexton. Um, I don't think we can judge Chase Sexton's 450 career off of two motos. Um, but I think Adam Cincerillo has given us a lot to form some opinion on, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That's, so that's that's the kind of thing. I, I think that Chase Sexton is coming into the 450 position there with that ride with Honda with a lot less um, hype expectation, what have you. So um, I don't know. Bold predictions by Daniel. Um, I don't. I, I can't. I can't say one way or the other. I, I would definitely love to see. AC ride without the incidents or crashes or what have you. You know, like JT says, he needs to scale it back and ride smooth and and then and then ramp it up. You know, not not go full send. Right. Uh, yeah. From the get go. But anyway, not not much to add other than that. I guess. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. I mean, but it makes for good radio checkers. I mean, Daniel says things, and I think kind of like Steve, he knows. He's you know he's a little bit of an entertainer. He kind of I I don't know if he fully believes everything he says, but it, it makes for good discussion and good entertainment anyway. Yeah, I just liked how um, confident he was with it. Like, he didn't backpedal at all, and he was growing in confidence through the show. And, I mean, here's the thing. It can either make him look super brilliant if it happens because it was so out there. <laughs> right. Or it's going to make him, you know, it's just going to be a laughing point, and it'll be entertainment. I mean, he really doesn't have a ton to lose, um, although he did say at one point he made a $23 bet, I believe, <laughs> he did. already. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I can't say he's completely crazy because I – thought Honda was crazy when they signed Sexton to this 450 deal a year ago and moved him up this fast. I was like, wow, that's that's bold. I didn't really see that. And he made a huge jump from last year up to this year. And his style does show that it probably will suit a 450 real well. He's going real fast. Um, he has some James Stewart guy helping him who knows something about going fast. Um, and I think Chase is a really solid person. He seems like he works hard, maybe too hard, um, as JT's criticized him in the past. But I mean, it's a very bold statement, but it's not like it's coming out of complete left field that he's never shown any flashes and hasn't shown that he's trending upward. And, I mean, Honda sees something in him clearly, and those guys aren't stupid. So um, I'm glad that he made bold predictions like that. It makes it entertaining for us one way or the other. Yeah, I totally agree. Go ahead, Randy. I was going to say, Honda may see in him what uh, Roger DeCoster saw in Dungey, right? So. But that's to be that's yet to be told. But uh, but I agree with you that Honda smart people and and they they've definitely seen something in the guy and put him in a good position. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think there's going to be big things from him. But I also I, it's hard to say. It's just hard for me to pick some a big statement like that because I still think Eli is probably the guy. To, obviously, the guy to beat. And then I hope Adam gets is better next year with you no know, cutting back the mistakes. But at, uh, super excited about Supercross. I am a little bit worried. I was going to play this or the the statement that Steve said about the fact that Feld, somebody at Feld told him that if the, there's no fans, there's no Supercross next year. That kind of scared me a little bit, Randy. I, I, I did hear from a good source in Salt Lake that if there's 
there won't be Supercross 2021 if they can't have fans. Yeah, that would that would concern me as well. Uh, I hope that uh, I just hope that our current situations, plural, right. current situations regarding that uh, change and and our, our our country as we know it opens back up for some normalcy. I'm ready for um, what I call the new abnormal. Where right. that is, and, sure. and I, I hope to go to Supercross. You know, I want with my buddies. I want to drive down to Atlanta and, and watch Supercross next year. Uh, so I hope we have that. But it does make sense to me that that um, as many dis- business decisions have been made uh, since since March of this year, mid March, um, there could be a business decision made that we don't have Supercross next year. I hope that's not the case. You know? Yeah, as I think we all do. Uh, let's move into Kenny Watson. I want to jump jump to Kenny. I was really excited to hear him back on. I like the guy. Uh, you know, he's wrestled with his demons over the years. Uh, but Checkers, he came on mainly to promote the uh, the race coming up on the 29th in Tampa, which uh, is a possibility that I'll be going to the Bling Cup. And that's presented by Blood Money Racing on Instagram. Check them out. Uh, Checkers, Watson's very polarizing. It's pretty much you either love the guy or hate the guy. Uh, what do you think of him as a guest? And what do you think of you know him getting into the – back into promoting the sport a little bit, trying to get back into it. Well, it's good to hear from him because it's, I just haven't heard from him for forever. He's been off the face of the planet, it seems. Um, I think the industry is better with Kenny Watson in it. Um, you know, he didn't win that Innovator of the Year award for no reason. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's good to see him. And I wish he was on more often because when him and Steve spend, you know, more time together and talk more then there's more inside jokes and he's real good at the jab jab even though he always says Steve jab jabs him (laughs) Uh, you know he can always pull it out which is is really entertaining and um, the race promo is cool and nice to see that he's back involved but really it was nice just to hear from him in general that he was back and his personality hasn't changed at all I mean he drops in some funny lines and and whatnot and um, I mean I would take Vegas K-Dub in the studio any day (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Randy, what do you think about uh, Kenny? Uh, he, uh, and I do need to check, is love him or hate him, he is he's in many ways uh, the same Kenny Watson that that stayed at my house here in uh, Piedmont, South Carolina back in 90, 98, 97, 98, uh, when he was Team Moto X manager. The end was here in my driveway for a week as they – the guys were James Eichel and others were were practicing on my Supercross track, and and he and he's got a passion for stuff. I think he's he's headstrong and determined to be successful at whatever he puts his mind to. And uh, I, I always like hearing from I always like hearing him, uh, especially when you never know what he's going to say. So uh, right, that's good. Well, hell, he threw out that uh, Carson Mumford's dad was Special Rob Checkers. Like yeah, that that blew some people's <laughs> mind. Yeah, blew my wig back as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, Daniel had a great story about uh, you know uh, Kenny tell him to go to AXO and just you know basically get 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 paid, and that worked out. Yeah, yeah it's a good and the the band story. Uh, Kenny telling Daniel that he should stick with the band. Uh, and then I'll, Daniel goes on to win a, an Arena Cross Lights Championship. But some good stories, Randy, from Kenny. Just yeah. always good, like we talked about. Yeah, I, I think there are people who there are people who from time to time push the envelope, and I think that Kenny Watson definitely shoves the envelope at times. And, <laughs> good you know, point. And and I, and I, I like that about him. 
uh, I, again, I admire his passion. And, and another thing I'll say is, you know, knowing Kenny and having talked with him on occasion, uh, you know, on some deeper levels and some things that are way more important than motorcycles, yeah. I, I admire him. I admire him uh, digging his heels and overcoming things in life and, and owning mistakes. And, uh, you know, his, his transparency is something that I admire. And, and uh, I think all of us could learn something from the way he approaches trying to improve himself daily. Yeah, that's a good point, man. He He's definitely very transparent. Um mm-hmm. And I mentioned, you know, the main reason he came on was to promote his race. Uh, and mm-hmm. checkers, you've got you've, you're involved with a race coming up uh, the same weekend, I believe. So I, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you want to promote that. Yeah, for sure. Steve helped me um, a while back and let me come on the show and talk about it. Yep. And then with some social media stuff, uh, it's called the Rumble at Oak Ridge in Iowa. is a six grand pro purse. So. Um, I'm guessing there'll be a lot of guys that are debating between Indiana and that because it is on the national weekend. Um, it's a motocross festival with, I mean, we have vintage racing, full start mini bikes, um, like live, live music, and it's a weekend full of, full of racing, so it should be really good. It's an AMA Pro Am on Sunday. Um, and then just a, it's three grand purse each day, so it should be, should be badass. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. We've been working on it since November of last year and, fingers crossed through all the COVID times that we were able to pull it off. And um, we have some really good sponsors and stuff that have stepped up to make it um, a next level event. We're able to do a whole shot challenge there that shift brings around to a few of their events. Um, and that's always really, really entertaining and fun. It's drag racing, but way cooler yeah. on dirt with the starting gate. Um, so just all kinds of different stuff going on. Um, now we're doing a pit bike straight rhythm, but it's not actually straight. Because um, I like to take out some bull turns, so it's actually head-to-head bracket with two big bull turns and two long straightaways. Um, so hopefully we'll see some good takeout action in that. And um, I actually just was texting with my buddy Justin Brayton about maybe coming out and hanging out for the weekend, and there'll be some other special guests and stuff as well. So um, should be a good time, and I don't think it'll affect that uh, that Kenny has an event going on all the way down in Florida. I don't think we're going to steal riders from each other by any means. Yeah, well, it's really cool, Randy, with, as Steve has talked about and, you know, on the show, they've mentioned that as unfortunate as everything is right now with the, with the COVID stuff going on, the motorsport industry, the motorcycle industry, racing, there's a lot going on in our sport, and it's at least something to be positive about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and one thing I want to clarify is, where is this vintage race? That's, yeah. that's what I, I knew that was going to pique your interest. It? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, is there money? Is there it's money in the finish race? I'm, I'm, I'm all. <laughs> uh, I'll have to find no, out about I, the I, money I, part, but I guarantee that you'd have a good time. It's uh, if you look at hey. um, at Oak Ridge MX um, on Instagram, the yeah. track and facility is beautiful through okay. the rolling hills, and um, it's a purpose-built vintage track, uh, grass track style, so old school Unadilla, wow. natural terrain cut into the grassy hills. So um, it should Man, be awesome. Right. We teamed up with a local. Go ahead. Yeah, local vintage series, and they pull like 170 riders at, at their normal events. So um, with the event of this magnitude, um, along with kind of their series regulars, there should be quite a few vintage bikes there, um, and it should be really cool. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I have a buddy that's uh, – he was Jerry Robbins mechanic in Supercross, Connor Ayler's, and he's trying to get me on mm-hmm. a 500 for the vintage race. So that <laughs> might happen. I'm not sure. I've never ridden one. I'm kind of scared. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from that. But Randy, I know you're all about the the vintage, and that I, I knew your ears would perk up. And I was actually going to ask you if you had any plans on trying to hit Diamond Dons this year because he says it's on no matter what. 
Um, I'd love to. Um, what are the dates again? Sorry to sidetrack the whole conversation, but yeah, yeah I, t- I, I would love to. That's a great event. I'll so. find them. I'll get them, and I'll, I'll send them to yeah. you. We'll talk about that later. But I thought, yeah, I'd love to have you come down here and check that, hit that race. And uh, But let's get on yep. to, with the show. Uh, Zach Osborne, okay. congrats on a 450 Pro National win, the first ever for him, the first one at Loretta's. Pretty historic, pretty great for a, uh, a sh- friend of the show, obviously. Um, really... Randy, I say this every time I talk about Zach. Is there a better human being on the face of the planet? I, he's arguably one of the best. That's for sure. I, I love that dude. I love what he what he stands for on, on many levels. He's a great family guy. He's he's a hard worker. Uh, he's 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 in a way he's been to hell and back, or at least to Europe and back, right? And uh, with a great wife that stood good great wife that was yep. by him the whole time and uh, yeah he's awesome he's an awesome awesome dude glad to see that for him and and he's right up there with uh i guess he's right up there with with mike kudrowski and uh and guy cooper you know a lot of some other gncc racers that have won outdoor national <laughs> motocrosses right i'm i'm pumped i'm like pumped that the, the, you know maybe rodney smith i'm not sure how many have, have have done that where they've right. been so diverse that they can race GNCC and win out on national motocross. So. <laughs> perfect, perfect setup. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We just need that. We just need Aaron uh, Plessinger to win one, and yeah, it's it's, it's gold. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Checkers. So during the conversation with Zacho, they talked about you know the the fact that we're supposed to be going to Washougal this year. They canceled the race. Uh, I got in a little trouble for a tweet I put out on Friday about that. Um, and I want to play a little piece of audio about that because apparently Zacho called that. So let's listen to that. I guarantee you I was more tired than you were Saturday. I don't think so. I'm still tired. <laughs> what about, Zacho, what about the initial plan of running on Tuesday? I was down. Were you? You were okay with that? He seems like the well, type that would just stay there and knock it out. Yeah, I was actually down. Um, so who ruined now it? That I'm, who complained? I'm Monday night, and uh, I still feel like I do. I'm kind of glad it's not Tuesday, and it makes me a little nervous for the Redbud one. Is the Redwood one the same? Uh, red, sorry, Redbud. Is it the same well, gap? Three di- Friday, Monday. Yeah. Friday, Friday, Monday. Yeah. Same yeah. distance? Uh. Yeah. And I, so I want people to know, too, like, Zacho, I want to say two and a half, three weeks ago, Zacho's like, hey, guys, uh, Washugo may not go. There's some problems there. Just and I'm like what, what, I'm like whatever. Zacho. He had his ear to the ground, man. Whatever, Zacho. Like yeah, I thought I called him names. I doubted him. You know, conspiracy theory that like yes. all the stuff. yeah 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 everything everything right. And you just yeah all right, Zacho motocross insider, Zach Osborne. <laughs> I told them if they're going to report the news, they're going to have to get in front of the news, and they were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Zach Osborne checkers with his foot on the media uh, pulse. You know, unlike uh, myself and Steve, who are fake news, Zacho knows what's up, apparently. Yeah, I think there was more of uh, I think there was more than just local restrictions in, as part of this Washougal risk thing. And I think there was some, some strong OEM pushback, which Zach would be obviously privy to as one of the riders, um, riding for obviously one of the elite OEM teams that has a lot of pull in the series. Um, I think there was a combination of things going on, and I think that would be why he was able to to maybe predict that a little bit more than uh, than maybe Steve and, and such. And also, Steve, you know, he hears a lot of rumors, right? Yeah. And so which ones do you believe and, and run with and which ones don't you? And who's your source and how credible are they? Um, and I'm guessing a lot of that stuff was 
being kept very, very close to the chest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. Zach's a pretty educated person as well. Um, when, we, when we were talking about him before, he's, I like to use the word role model for him. Like he's, mm. a, he's the guy that I would want my kids to look up to. Um, he's very just well-rounded, good person, um, educated and intelligent, and really seems like he thinks things through um, before acting, which kind of goes along with uh, being able to put pieces of a puzzle together that maybe the Washougal thing's not going to work out. Yeah, and to be honest, and I'll let you talk about this, Randy, uh, I got there Friday, well, I got to the track Friday morning, and I wasn't there 10 minutes, and I started hearing these rumors of Washougal not happening, possibly racing Loretta's Tuesday, and different things that could happen. Uh, and come to find out, like, you know, Steve does have his ear to the ground. He know, he's definitely knows all this stuff. I, I was told that Steve had known about this for a little while, but, you know, could not, until it was confirmed, he could. He just was asked not to say anything. I think, uh, at least that that was through another source that Steve knew this. And I thought I had you know some inside info. And after I heard it from four or five teams, I was like, all right, I'm putting a tweet out. And then I got kind of, I got yelled at. Not really yelled at, but I got told that wasn't a good idea. But yeah, Steve definitely knows what's going on, Randy. But it was kind of funny to have him give Zach some credit. I think. Yeah, exactly. Did you, did you get what? Did you get a verbal written warning? Is that what you got? You probably got a verbal written warning. I actually got a text from another industry guy that said, hey, did you just tweet that? And yeah. unfortunately, the way I worded it, I didn't word it as a rumor. I basically, I, made, yeah. I, I once I read it back, I was like, oh, he's right. It almost sounded like yeah. it was fact that there was not going to be a Washougal before MX Sports had uh, made the announcement. So. <laughs> Yeah, you, you should just do like they do in, in all the Inquirer and all these other magazines and say, a source close to <laughs> says. You should just do that, yeah. yeah. You just be vague with everything, yeah. Exactly. Um, it was a lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think that, I think, uh, I agree with Checkers, I think that Zach would have maybe not so much knowledge. Because, one, I think Baby Coombs did a very good job recently. I listened to the, the uh, thing on YouTube regarding how that happened and why they had to cancel that. So mm-hmm. um, I understand I understand that with all the regulations, uh, state, local, so on. Um, and that's a tough decision for them to make. But um, I think Zach probably wasn't in, in tune as much with what's going on in that state as he was what's going on with, uh, I'll say not, not the OEM, but the co-EMs. Because, <laughs> he, he's, because he's in touch with, uh, you know, Roger, for example, that represents two brands and an influential sure. person in the industry. So I'm sure that uh, there's a lot of trickle down of information. And and Jack would, I mean, uh, Zach would probably be a direct line to some of that communication. So yeah, and to bring it back to pulp, the the thing that's cool about this is hearing, at least for me, is hearing that relationship, as I always say, between a guy like Zach and Steve, mm-hmm. and then being able to kind of joke with each other. And that kind of plays into the next topic with Zach that I want to talk about is, you know, they started bringing up the settings of the bike. Danny was talking to Zach about that. And I want to play this piece of audio here, and then we'll discuss it. it and then you've mentioned it twice now, the bike setup thing. I It seems like every year everyone's always tinkering and adding this, adding that. Like, what was behind the decision to run what you had last year? Did, did you try other things and then go back to this? Or did you just say, hey, Iron Man was fine. I just want to run that. I don't want to even mess around with it. No, I did. Um, they came here for like basically a whole week, and we tested, and I went around and around and right back to where I started. And um, they they were like, we knew this was going to happen. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You know, I, 
I just don't understand the theory of riding something for basically a whole year. And then, you know, like the last round I was competitive, I went five to, uh, I had a really good second moto and thought that um, my bike was solid. So I was like, look, let's just start where we stopped and we'll, you know, make adjustments from there. And that's, to me, the thing that makes the most sense is why come to the race with something that you don't really, really know about. You know, you think it's good and all that stuff, but it's always going to race a little bit different. So let's go with what we know. And, yeah, that's it. I I love it. 16, 17, and 18, outdoors, I think I changed one shock setting through those three years. And it was much the same for Supercross. Like, I think I changed one fork or maybe two forks over those three years. And last year I did a lot of changing, and I just felt like I was kind of always chasing it. You know, I want to get the bike good or a little bit better than decent, which right now what I have is is – really good i would say and just kind of adjust from there and and allow my body and my brain enough time to really adapt to what i'm riding whereas you know i think just there's never going to be okay not never but there's rarely going to be a time where you just nail it every weekend Hmm. and i would rather know what it's like mediocre really good but all with the same setting. You know, I want to know all those feelings you're, with the same Steve, same thing. how bad do you I want? Just, I just, okay, I, I want I, to take I, that I, clip for I one cry, minute. I want to cry right now. I want now. to take that just, one minute right I just, there, I just want to cry. and I want to send it to every I just, rider is, in the sport and say just that. Right is, there. Also, There's this thing called adjustability with your body. You can adjust this around is, your bike. This, I'm so proud of Zach over right I'm Zach. so proud of Zach for saying this. You know, so it's never like, oh, you know. You can't blame the bike? The bike wasn't good today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not that guy anyways. But at the same time, that's definitely off the table. <laughs> I, I just mean, just think if Zach had good fundamentals and didn't sit on the rear fender in every corner, how good he'd be. <laughs> hey, riders. Fucking run your setting hey. that you like, that you know what it's going to do all the time, and then work around that. No bike will be perfect. Zach. No bike will be perfect. 95% on the bike, just get it to 95, and then you can do the other five, right? You can move around and adjust the other 5%. Is He's, that right? I hope so. I He's hope so. fucking right. Dude. All right, Randy, a little vindication for Steve, um, which sometimes kind of hurts my heart. You know, I kind of like him to be wrong sometimes, but Zach proving something that Steve has uh, had many race tech rants about. <laughs> that that was a little bit of a long clip, but I thought it was informative, and I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, what would you think? Yeah, I, 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 agree with, uh, I agree with Zach's position on that, in that I think the rider at that level should be able to get the bike close, get the bike comfortable, get a, a, a – you know, an all-around setting, and then and then adapt riding style to it, right? If if you know, if we fine-tune setup so so much, um, you know, to where where that's your crutch, you're going to lean on. Uh, that's that's not good for the rider. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, they get lost on it, and and you know, in the years ago, working you know closely with Factory Suzuki and Kevin Wyndham, for example, and and then when he went to uh, over the Honda with Ziggy and those. Um, so Kevin, he was so precise and so exact. He would dial a bike in that was say ninety-five to one hundred percent, and that's where it worked. If he rode it ninety-five percent to one hundred percent, that's where it worked. But if he was outside of that, it it, it worked. It didn't work good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it was too fine-tuned, right? I think you need to have a, a a setup that works in a number of situations, and then but know what it's going to do in those situations, and and then just and then just 
ride the bike, dude. Just ride yeah. the bike. But but I but I I tell you what I did. If you remember the last time I was in studio, I loved it that that uh, and and Mark's told me ahead of time. He said Steve is gonna get so pissed. But when Steve went upstairs. I, I moved his chair. I moved the arms. I put the chair lower. I put one arm high, one arm low. Oh, that's I moved awesome. the keyboard. I, I loosened up the microphone. I turned the monitor. I just jacked up his whole setup, and and he gave me he gave me an eat crap look. He did not like it at all. But but, was, but my point to him was, <laughs> hey, why, why why can't you do as well if your setup's yeah. off? Yourself, so. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you just got to work, work with what you got, Steve. I mean, it's, it's most yeah. talent anyway. That's good. yeah, exactly. But, and and, and the, the one thing I'll add to that is, I think that that over time, you know, you used you used to have, and like when Steve was a privateer in the box stand days, right? You had a mechanic that yep. did everything from A to Z on the bike, and 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 the mechanic wasn't, you didn't have a suspension specialist. You, you didn't have, you know, an engine specialist or a data acquisition specialist or so on, right? You, you had the mechanic that was doing A to Z, and, and they would get it as close as they could. Now the thing is we have so much technology and so much uh, budget, dedication, and, and smart people working in the industry, right, that, that are fine-tuning every single component of that bike to the nth degree that the rider has – more things he can blame or more fingers to point, right? So, yeah, it's anyway. a good point. Uh, you know, back in those days, you know, two strokes and carburation, yeah, my, and a lot more talent heavy, too. Yeah, it's 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 the sports definitely changed. And, uh, uh, checkers, I like, I like, as I always say, Zach's honesty and the, the kind of telling us that he's only made a couple of suspension changes here and there and just you know, running with it, man. And, uh, that, that was that's cool to hear, but although I hate saying that Steve was right. I um I'm just excited to hear it because I might work in the suspension industry. Oh yeah, and nice I tech. deal a lot with re- what we call um, results based performance. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> their bike's great because they do well, and when they don't, it's the motorcycle's fault. Um, riders have a really hard time <laughs> a lot of times admitting blame on themselves. Zach is a different breed and is able to do that and use it as motivation. And you know he has that personality of the guy that says, you know what, I wasn't good enough today. I need to be better. Um, and, I mean, I can tell you that I've tried to tell many, many riders, if the setting you went into round number one with is not right, either you screwed up and sent us in a bad direction or we screwed up and we don't know what we're doing. If you're chasing it all year, if you're changing more than just a couple of clicks. Because as a rider, I feel like it's more important to know what you're riding and be comfortable with what you're riding versus always changing it and fine-tuning it. And I have zero inside info on the, the Tomac situation, but... You know, I always hear, you know, he has those off races that he's done much better with correcting this year, although he had one a little bit at Loretta's um, in that first moto. First but moto, yeah. it seems like he misses the setting. And you have all these guys on these teams that are really good at what they do, and they're specializing in it, and they all want to be the hero by making things better. But sometimes they can also miss and make things worse. And um, I think sometimes you, the reason Steve's so frustrated is, Guys are trying too many things, and then they go the wrong direction. And because they tried so many things, they didn't perform, and then they blamed the motorcycle. So, yeah, um, I was when Gold said that when Goldie said he wants to take that and send it to every rider. I 100 percent agree. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a clip that we definitely need to. 
cut and save and you reuse. Uh, before we continue, I want to thank the Moto X Pod Show wrap. Sorry about that, Steve. The Pulp X Wrap Up Show sponsors uh, Guts Racing <laughs> for the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market. Visit gutsracing.com. And of course, Michelin bicycle tires. If you want the tires, Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. Or you could go to motorsport.com and purchase those both those products. Also go to pulpamexshow.com. Click on the sponsor tab. All the sponsor links and there's discount codes. All that stuff's there. Use the sponsors that support the show so we can keep having the show and keep having guys like Randy and Checkers on here. So thank you to all the sponsors that support us, including yourself, Randy, for allowing this show to continue. Um, Couple, Glad to be on board. What's yeah, good? thank you. Uh, a couple contests going on this week. Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Uh, if you want to win the Art of Sport, I think he called it the locker, or a package from Art of Sport giveaway, as as well as the fuel Pulpamex neck covering. Uh, you know, it's one of those neck coverings you guys you see people wearing as a mask now, wraps around your neck. So that's pretty cool. If you didn't watch the YouTube or Facebook video, Tits had it on. Go check that out. And speaking of YouTube checkers, you and I were both on there uh, on the comments. I got a little bit of love for the wrap-up show, and I appreciate that. Uh, and then you made a comment on our next guest, Evan Ferry, who we're going to talk about. Uh, do you remember what you said on there? I don't recall. Okay, it was about Steve backpedaling. You made the comment, Steve is really backpedaling on amateurs. As soon as Evan Ferry came on, oh, man, yeah. there was a little Evan Ferry <laughs> amateur love going on. Well, between that and then the Mumford thing yeah. and the Ryder D thing and Hunter Yo, I mean, he's pretty much naming every factory amateur kid and <laughs> definitely not nearly as fired up about it anymore. Like right. the passion and anger in his voice has really died down quite a bit, which it's really, he's never hated the riders themselves. Yeah. He's hated the system and he still does. And um, I wholeheartedly agree with him that it's, it's really messed up that we have like 20 factory amateur kids. Um, I would much rather see 20 factory guys in the 450 main event of the Supercross um, and in replacing those. And um, I mean, I feel like our amateur system is pretty broken right now in the sport. Um, I could go on and on for a long time with that. But I mean, if you look at, you know, a football or baseball or ball sports, that are, which are completely different, but they're not allowed to even give out product discounts or anything, or they lose their amateur status in that side of things, right? Like you can't, help a college player out you can help the team um as a business but not a player direct whereas in motocross if you're at loretta Lynn's, you expect that you're getting certain discounts or free product or heck half the guys are getting paid at this point one right. half of them yeah, are yeah. the guys that are winning sure, sure are they're making more money than uh than guys scoring points at outdoor nationals i can promise you that i've seen some of these contracts and deals and they're pretty lucrative um, and that's really what Steve's frustrated about. But yes. it is funny because instead of just completely ranting and saying, I don't know anything or care about amateur motocross, now he talks about, well, I like this guy. Oh, and that guy. And I guess it's okay because it's Evan Ferry that he has a factory ride yeah. for a couple of years. Well, and this guy <laughs> this guy said he likes my show, or this, guy, this guy's dad said hi to me. So, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Evan Ferry, though? I know we touched on him a little bit. Very well-spoken. Um, better interview. I think Steve said that. Better interview than... Uh, maybe it was Daniel said better interview than uh, your dad ever was, but I, Evan was good, man. I've never really talked to him. There's a lot of personality there. I was, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, he was kind of giving it back to Steve a little bit, right, on the instant banger thing and uh, the depression talk. If Steve was still interviewing him, let's let's play that piece of audio real fast, and we'll we'll get back to Evan. Um, 
Okay, so when do you realistically expect to go pro? So 2021, we're not going pro. Do you think the end of 2022? Um, no, well, honestly, it just it depends. I've kind of had, oh, I mean, me and my dad have sat there. We've talked about it so many times. Whenever I feel and he feels like I'm fast enough on Supercross, mm-hmm. it's, it's as soon as I'm fast enough, we're going to. If if you're racing pro and I'm still doing this and I have to interview you, I'm, I may break down and cry. I may, you know, be sobbing. So it looks like we're going to see you crying. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but if it gets weird, just just know that I don't mean anything personal. It's just my own I'll moment. Just, you know? I'll just uh, bring some tissues. I'll remember this moment. Okay, please, tissues. because I am going to be so depressed that I'm still covering the sport and I worked for your dad and now I'm interviewing his kid. Yeah, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, but I won't, Randy. Uh, as Checker said, lots of lots of personality. Giving it back to Steve a little bit, but Steve's changed his tune a little bit now. He's like. Uh, you know, I'm going to be depressed if I'm still interviewing you. As before, it was, I'm going to retire. I'm going to be done with the show before Evan Ferry goes pro. Yeah, I, I think I think Steve will be there. My my prediction, my bold prediction is that is that Steve Mathis will interview Evan Ferry when Evan Ferry wins 450 Supercross main events. <laughs> You're so right. I, I think that yeah, I think that Steve is. Uh, with the Pulp MX Empire, he's riding a really nice wave right now that I don't see crashing anytime soon. So, but but I do love that uh, Ed Ferry gave the business back to Steve. Yep. That right there is gonna he, he'll be uh, he'll be well received in by the media and and by those in the pitch. You know, obviously he has the the the, the name of the last name of and and the lineage of. Of Tim Ferry, but but just carrying his own personality and that little bit of jab jab is 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 super cool. So. I I totally agree. And checkers in your notes that you sent me, you you kind of specifically pointed out the uh, as soon as I'm fast enough comment. What what about that caught your attention? Um, just I didn't realize. I mean, he's obviously just coming off super minis, and mm-hmm. um, he seemed confident. I guess was the reason I called that specific comment out was it wasn't you know, we'll see or anything like that. It's, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And there was no doubt that just how sure he was in himself without being cocky about it. It was just confidence. It's when he said that, that line really, really stood out to me. Uh, he said, you know, he's, he, I will be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, it was, it was really cool to hear. And, um, you know, a lot of times you hear just the uncertainty of, uh, when the team wants me to or when they think I'm ready and it's I'm going when I'm ready and my dad and I have a plan and we're committed to it and um, I thought that that really meant something and uh, I think uh, the fairy thing with him with his dad he really is benefiting from his dad racing for so long like you know he didn't retire early and so Timmy was relevant in the sport not that mm-hmm. long ago and the same group of industry people were still around and I think so he's never really faded away from the scene, and you know he didn't go through that five-year lapse or whatever of people not seeing him because he stayed at the races and such. Um, so Evan, I think, is benefiting from that a little bit too. Uh, Timmy's relationships are all still fresh with the same the same people that are still in the industry. Right. Hey, so I want to ask. And that, and that, oh, go ahead, Randy. Go ahead. And that and that's no and that's no slide on Josh Hansen, is it? <laughs> just, I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify. Uh, no, no, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Tim, 
Timmy is very well respected. Yeah. And uh, and 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 he's still you know in touch with uh, in touch with the with the industry for sure. So I think that does help for sure. And his longevity in the career because he's written at different levels. He's written at uh, you know the the story about the story about uh, Tim Ferry's dad going and and stealing back uh, or reacquiring the motorcycle that they had to have to go to. Uh, finish the outdoor nationals, um, or, or sorry, to go make it to the amateur event. That's a phenomenal story. That, yeah. That, so Tim Ferry's been at he's been he's been at that point to where his family was kind of hanging off of, of his gener- his uh, gaining revenue for them as young kid, right? Right. To, to, to a full factory level, to a privateer, back to a factory level, and a development rider, and so on. So yeah, he's he's worn a lot of hats in the industry. So I think he he understands it, and he's really instrumental in. Uh, Evan Ferry's uh, future success. Yes, definitely. Yeah, future success. Yep. So I want to t- ask both of you guys this question. Steve gives Evan and a lot of the writers a hard time about these Instabanger videos. Uh, Daniel Blair says Instagram is for sponsors and chicks. So both of you guys work for companies that are sponsored sponsors of racers. So checkers, you first. What does quote unquote Instabanger Video, uh, on Instagram, a little video. What does that do for a company like Race Tech? How do you guys uh, approach some that that sponsor relationship with a rider? I mean, have you seen my Instagram? I'm pretty good at Instabangers. I yes, you are. Just to get them, I, I, I put a focus on it. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, as a brand, uh, I, it's all about showing personality and who you are, and. I'm not saying it has to be banging writing clips all the time, but you have to build an audience and be able to speak to your audience. And as a brand, that's the only way that there's value in there. If a guy doesn't connect and have a following of people that actually care about and listen to what they're doing, then we're not getting any exposure from them anyway. So, I mean, there is definitely importance of it. Um, I think you have to have personality with it, though, as well. Um, it can't just be a sick whip every single day. That doesn't work. Um but, I mean, there's guys out there in this world of, you know, there's the Brett Cues of the world that he's doing very well for himself um, based on a social following and basically social on YouTube. And um, I can tell you that there's definitely people that are valuable specifically because of that. Um, I don't necessarily always look at the follower numbers, but I look at more of the personality and how well they can sell a message. Okay. Randy, would you pretty much agree with that, or do you have a different outlook on it? No, I think I think that's a I think that's a, a good overall view of what it is. I think that um, it, it's effectively what it is, and there's so many different uh, ways you can you can measure things and anal- you can analyze and so on. But basically, it's digital popularity, right? And 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 to to Checker's point, if if you are connected with your followers, right, and and your I think that if your feed or your posts are authentic and they resonate well with the followers, then I think it does a good job of representing the brands, uh, you know, plural, all the brands that you you represent, you know. Yeah. Um, and and then it's and it's different from it's different from depending on who you are and what you're doing. Obviously, you know. Um, a suspension companies, uh, you know, like the checkers work with there, you're, you're going to have race tech, right? You're going to have a different initiative using social media than, for example, Michelin would, a, a, a global corporate company and what our messaging might be. But I think that each individual um, racer, I think it's a great opportunity for his or her personality to shine through and add value to all the brands. 
Absolutely. Very well put. Um, all right, Kyle Chisholm. I'm going to just kind of briefly. Chiz is one of my favorite riders. Very surprised that he paid the hundred dollars for the industry idiots league. But uh, mainly, main reason he was on to was talk about him winning Pulp Fantasy. Congrats to Chiz. Um, and that kind of brought up a topic that uh, Checkers, you pointed out. You know, it started with um, picking Jeremy Smith. Uh, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go, Checkers. What do, what do you got to say about that? Well, Steve. He's really good at beating a dead horse, and he beat that drum real hard all last week in every single show that he did, Fantasy Pods and all the other ones of, do not pick Jeremy Smith, right. and he was the guy. Like, yeah. He beat it like the old Jerry drum of, never pick Jerry Robin. And um, it was funny, as I actually had tweeted Steve back, I was like, hey, normally I would totally agree with you, but I had a little insight there that he's, in the past, he's literally owned one motorcycle, so it was a practice bike and race bike. And uh, he was qualifying top 10 on a bike with over 80 hours on it. Um, Thanks. <laughs> that was a couple years old. Uh, and this year he's a teammates with A-Ray on the SGB Cali team. Um, and I've worked with, with Jeremy a bit for a while, and he also was dealing with some shoulder injuries, which by taking Supercross off and whatnot, he finally was able to be healthy. Um, so he actually has a program now that he's never had before. So finishing motos, um should be much easier when he actually is on a reliable motorcycle and he's healthy. Um, and so it's totally vindicated on that. But it was just funny because even afterwards, even after he was proved wrong, Steve's still beating this drum. And oh, yeah. I just hope Jeremy Smith goes out and puts in two solid motos again this week, um, which I can think all the way back to when Pulp Fantasy started. Um, JT, who was also along with Steve on the anti-Jeremy Smith thing, um, he himself and Truman both were – were fans of picking Jeremy Smith because he was in shape and he would actually ride throughout the whole moto and he wouldn't quit. Um, but then he obviously went through a downturn of just bike issues and injuries and such the last couple of years that completely turned them off and obviously burnt them a few times. But uh, I just, that, that passion from Mathis about topics like that <laughs> is what makes him so entertaining. Right. And it's just like the Daniel Blair, Chase Sexton thing. That is the entertainment of they're not scared to be wrong. Sure, um, they're not scared to laugh at each, laugh at themselves or be laughed at. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome because he beat that drum. He couldn't have said it more. Of do not pick him. He's he's going to qualify well, and he's not going to finish the motos. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I would guarantee his pick trend is very high this weekend. That'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out, you know, if everybody picks them almost or, uh, or not. But, uh, all right, I want to move on to a caller that called in and while JT was on uh, to ask about the new light pant. So I'm going to play this little clip real quick. I do. I called in about two years ago, and it was kind of embarrassing, but, of course, I was calling in just because I thought it was a funny story and would provide, not that you guys need additional content, but it was just funny because I was racing, Somehow I'd accidentally, I was wearing fly pants, and I have no idea how this happened. But I'd zipped up just like the tip of my pecker in the pants in between motos. And JT was joking around about how his natural selection at its finest. Here we are two years later, and we got the BOA system. Okay, so Randy, I'm going to let you have this one because I just feel like this is up your alley. Not because you zipped your picker up, but because you're just a funny guy, no. and that was a funny call. Alfonso Palmer, 
that that was the guy's name who in the first grade uh, at, at the little local school that I went to, he, he zipped his up in there in, in the first grade. And and, and back, back then, back then you had you, in the corner of the room, you had like a restroom that was in the room. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. It wasn't, it, it wasn't an outhouse. It wasn't that country. But anyway, there's a restroom in the room. And the, the, this little dude comes out of the restroom just, just crying. And, and he had his little tiger caught in a zipper. And anyway, the teacher had to help him. So, so I immediately thought about that. And and then like like JT said, the the Franks and beans. How do you get the beans above the Franks and, and so on? Uh, oh, you're it, me. It, 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 it was it was funny. And the fact that that that, that listener took time to call in and, uh, and 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 kind of called JT out on the you know natural selection or what have you. That 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 uh, I, I thought it was funny. Super super funny. Absolutely funny. Uh, checkers, I'm gonna give me your thoughts on the call. And, and do you feel like this guy was fishing a little bit for some new for the new light 2021 pant with a bow on the front? Um, I don't care if he was fishing because a lot of times when guys do call in fishing for product, I hate it and it's yeah. annoying and it's super obvious. But that was awesome. that one was dang entertaining. I can't believe I don't remember him calling with that story. Cause I don't I either. Every pulp show. Yeah, and I don't remember it. I hopefully somebody could timestamp it and, and pull that clip out because I want to hear the initial story. And uh, I was definitely waiting for Randy to huge comment about something about you know the bellies being on the front instead of the back and putting them on backwards and forwards and and whatnot. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. But I guess his little first grade story was okay. I'll deal with it. Good enough entertainment. <laughs> it made me laugh pretty damn hard. Um, okay, so, man, we're at an hour already, and there's still some stuff I want to touch on. There was a lot of silly season talk, Checkers, and this is one of the things you sent me a message about or a comments on. So much that, I mean, there was, if you guys haven't listened, you got to go back and check out the silly season discussion with JT. But, Checkers, I'm going to let you touch on a couple of the ones that you thought were uh, the best for sure, and um, I made a note to you when I sent the stuff over. Of, I think this is what started to build the Pulp Empire. Besides Steve's, just uh, his personality is really good for radio and um, entertaining. But he was one of the first people to really not only find out the, the news, but he wasn't scared to put it out there. Um, and so you could go and listen to Pulp and learn something that you're not learning anywhere else. Um, so there was a lot of talk about. Uh, the gas gas team coming over, which that kind of hadn't really heard a lot of buzz on that. It kind of had kind of calmed down and went away a little bit and now it's back. So that was interesting to see kind of where that program and team will go and hear about that. And then um, I believe the was uh, they've had Yamaha deal is done. Correct. That was the, yes. the other takeaway, right? Yes. And I wasn't aware of that. I, I knew that obviously that the, he, there was negotiations going on. Um, but that's the first time I've heard it confirmed that it was actually a done deal. Yeah, I thought that, again, like you say, that is always really cool stuff to hear. Um, I, I definitely don't get that inside info because I don't have the time like Steve does where he this is his job, man. He's in it. He's talking to people all the time, Randy, constantly finding that info and, and getting us that stuff that a lot of us, if we didn't listen to the Pulp Show, wouldn't hear about until 2021 Supercross starts or whatever. I mean, it's it's so great to have this info. Even if some of it's not confirmed or, or fact yet, it gives us stuff to talk about with our buddies and things to think about. It's just really, really cool. Yeah, it is. And Steve has a lot of relationships. So well, yeah. He's, he's, Steve is so well-connected with so many different people through the industry. He's getting, he's getting little pieces of the puzzle from so many different uh, – 
different connections to where he can start piecing it together and 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 looking at the picture of what what's happening. You know, and I'm, I'm not talking about those two pieces of puzzle that I hid from Pookie that time. Dude, I'm that was hilarious. About, I was there for that show. That's right. That was awesome. <laughs> How long did it take her to find that? Do you remember? Cause I think I texted her later. I think I texted her later that week. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was at least a week. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, a week, a week or two later. Yeah, I kind of yeah. want to say that you might have been on the wrap up show that following week. I feel like I think maybe so. Yeah, was I yeah, doing the wrap? So. I don't. I, I feel like I was taking notes. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off. But I definitely remember it but being the, talked about later. And the funny thing, Steve, Steve's mom was there. Daddy was yes. there, and I just went up. I just went up during commercial break just to chat with them, and and. And Pook, I was just standing next to the table, saying, hey, what are y'all doing, this and that. And Pookie, I guess, knew knows my personality enough that she just called me out. She said, no, you get back from the table. No, you are not messing with stuff. Which, which I honestly had not thought of doing that until she called me out on it, and then I knew I had to do it. So, of course. so then I went and hid. Then I went and hid two puzzle pieces uh, down in the uh, down in the studio under something. So always the life of the party, Randy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we haven't touched on Galdi yet, and he was earlier in the show. He was actually about two hours into the show. And there had been no commercials yet, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there taking my notes, checkers. I've got the TV on in the bedroom, so I'm away, so the family doesn't have to be bored by it. And I text Mark, dude, are you ever going to go to commercial? Because I'm hungry and I got to go to the bathroom. And he he was on board. Long, long first segment to the show, but Galdi, Galdi's gold, as you said at the beginning. Uh, you always like when he's in studio. The the show that they did after Glen Helen last year is still my favorite show. That episode is. By far my favorite. Galdi was fantastic. A little Canada talk. Um, give me your thoughts, checkers, on Galdi and uh, the things he brought up. Yeah, Galdi was really good. He's still better in studio. Um, oh, yeah. Some of my favorite shows have been with, with him. I, I also agree that that show with after the Vet National was really good. Um, and the, the first one, the Yuck Yucks, with, uh, <laughs> with Randy and Galdi was really good, too. Um, their personalities meshed really well. Um, you know, it's Canadian Moto is also nonstop entertainment and gold. Uh, and even though Goldie's part of the series and stuff, he's he's no boa, no BS <laughs> at all. Like he will call it how he sees it, and he doesn't really care, which is uh, cool. And um, that's for sure. Yeah, I always enjoy his segments. Period. Um, in general, it's you know if he has a feeling about somebody, and he has that same connection with the riders. Like they're they're all buddies. Um, I mean, he was talking about the like the Gurky thing and stuff, and like he has these good relationships where he is able to get info from riders and and whatnot as well, and and share some insight on personalities and and whatnot. So you get to know the rider better. It's not just analysis of how the race went down, but kind of what's going on in the pits and that side of things. And um, I really like this comment about Steve not getting his money's worth because the bikes were covered in mud <laughs> and just another Pulpomex sponsorship that went yeah, real well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and you sent me a, you sent me a note about Ryan McNabb, uh, Manitoba's hope, new hope. Um, you know, I pulled a clip for that, but tell me before I play the clip, you know, why was that something that stood out to you checkers? Um, well, Steve, Steve's riding that one just like he does the the amateur moto thing or sure. um, the anti Jeremy Smith. Like he's riding that of this is Manitoba's hope. And if I recall, Ryder McNabb's been down in the Texas area, so I thought you might have some more insight on him and some more opinions, which was another reason I actually called that out because I don't know a ton about him. Um, but I was from you know Goldie speaks very highly of him, and uh, that 
that'll be really cool to see if, how that story develops and if he can be that new kind of face of Canadian moto. Absolutely. Let me play that audio clip real quick here, and uh, then I'll get to you, Randy. Right. You know, he's a farm kid right up in Manitoba. The guy runs combines and stuff when he's not riding. So I'm sure there's some farm <laughs> girls out there that want to leg wrestle him or play something like that in the barn or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So anyway, there's, there's just so much going on. But, man, I'll tell you what the kid is. He is putting Manitoba back on the map, Steve. He is putting it's it back, back on the map, on the map. in a big it's way. It's about time. Back it is on a, the map. <laughs> we haven't had one since Donnie Formo. So, Randy, yeah, uh, Steve always praising, you know, his hometown, Manitoba, Manitoba, champ, Manitoba champion. So this is probably his new favorite rider right here. Absolutely. He will he will um he'll either ride or beat that dead horse uh <laughs> for the next few years, that's for sure. Yeah. Um but what do you think about Galdi? I know you guys are our buddies, um, but he's as as Checkers was saying, uh, you know, he's well, I guess I'm taking this from what Checkers said. He's he's the voice of Canadian motocross, you know, he he's media up there, as we we'll call him quote unquote media. But probably one of the most, uh, I'm going to say unprofessional, but not in a bad way, just he's not corporate. He is, he's Galdi. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, metal's up. What can you say? Metal's up. He's 100% authentic, and, and, and I like that. He, he's, he's, he's smooth. He's brash. He's, uh, he's politically correct. He's an equal opportunity offender. Whatever it takes, uh, <laughs> He just runs it, and I like that. One of the favorite things I like was how they were saying that, that when he's calling the race or announcing the race, he's got people, team managers, texting them, and he's just telling them to screw off and, yeah. and you know, beat it or whatever. That, that is just, uh, he, I mean, he's taking the time to tell them he doesn't have time. And, and, and that's just, that's <laughs> good uh, point. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That's Galdi. Galdi's sure. great. Uh, he wants to come back to the Vet Nationals next year. His wife's not thrilled about it. Great story about Noof being a crazy moto dad. Lots of good stuff. Uh, Phil playing bingo again. So I'm sure most of you have already listened to the show. If you haven't, you got to go back and check it out. Okay, two more quick little topics. Uh, X-Brand tear-offs. The only thing I really pulled from this was uh, the question was to JT, how shocked are you about Forkner and his chick breaking up? Steve generally doesn't care about this kind of stuff, but I was seeing it all over social media. And uh, Dune Goon had a pretty good response. So I want to play that real fast, and we can touch on it if you guys want. Yeah, you're young. You're a famous motocross racer. You're super talented, and you have girls drooling over you every day on social media. Um, yeah, put those together, and that's going to yeah. be a pretty easy way to move on. Yep, you're fine. Raw Dog and Randoms. All right, so really the only reason I pulled that clip is a, uh, a listener, a Pulp listener, on Twitter said he he loved the uh, the marks drop of raw dogging randoms. Hopefully that end up on the new Pulpamex app when it comes out under the the drops. But do we care? To, do either of you care about Forkner and his chick breaking up? Nope. I'm just curious on how it's going to affect his home life in Kiefer's theory. I mean, other than that, um, I guess I guess we're supposed to care because. They plastered their relationship all over social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, really, it's it's pretty ir- irrelevant to uh, to myself. But I guess if I'm a, a eighteen to twenty two year old female, maybe uh, maybe it affects me a little bit. Okay. Well, I, I don't think that you fall in that category. So, uh, Randy, I, I feel like you probably care about that kind of stuff the least of anybody in the industry. Yeah. I'm- I, I think th- I think this Randyism applies to the whole situation. Um, 
love is blind and lust can't see too well either. <laughs> Perfect. That's a great way to end the show. Um, so I think I'm going to even skip the last topic I had. That That's a great way to end. Um, checkers, uh, I really appreciate you taking some time for the show tonight while uh, your son's practicing football. And Randy, you always have time for us and a sponsor of the wrap-up show. And it means a lot, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, any other comments, Randy, before we wrap this thing up? No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I just greatly appreciate uh, everyone within Pulp Nation supporting uh, Steve's platforms and, and your efforts as well. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and chat and uh, appreciate the support of our brand as, as, uh, as we enjoy uh, Steve's content and the support from Pulp Nation. Absolutely. Uh, checkers, anything else? No, but I think uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you to Michelin for the support. And I can tell you as a fan of the, the Pulp Show that I would never be considering Michelin tires for, for my personal bike if it wasn't. And I have a buddy that's a very big Pulp listener and swears by by his uh, Michelin tires on his bike. And he's got me convinced to put some on my bike. So really cool um, that to be a listener and hear a brand being used that way. And then obviously I get emails and stuff from from all the listeners that support the race tech side of things. So thank you to those guys also that are supporting the sponsors of the show and keeping it going. And Steve giving us a great platform for our brands to talk about and um, all the work that you do as well. I love talking about motorcycles and um, I felt like I got to sit with greatness for the last hour. So that's been awesome. Oh man. Well, yeah, one, one of us is great. And then there's me. Um, but I, I also want to thank again, guts racing and Michelin bicycle tires and motorsport.com for coming on as sponsors of this show, but again, like we just said, Michelin, go get you set a, a set of Starcross fives, not just a rear, not just a front. Uh, Steve, yeah, if you, you got to get a set, and then hopefully you'll get into a ride day for free in the near coming future. Uh, go go visit Race Tech, get you some suspension taken care of, and all the other sponsors: Art of Sport, Fly Racing, X Brand Goggles. Everybody that's on board, hit up contest at pulpmexshow.com. Send an email, get involved with the the net covering and the Art of Sport giveaway. Steve, thanks for the opportunity. I'm Dark Side for the Moto Xbox show. Other than that, that's a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp show? See you.